And so I thought what we might do today is we'll kick off uh, with me going around and asking you a couple of questions, or one question actually, you just need to answer it. Uh, the question is, what are you looking forward to for Christmas this year? What are you looking forward to for Christmas this year? All right? You ready? Here I come. Broad. Uh, family and friends. Excellent, mate. Is that on? All right. Matt. Uh, same as Broad. Family and friends. And just, yeah, just time to hang out and relax. Excellent. Lorraine. Oh, absolutely. Family and friends. Beautiful. Marky. Um, time off? You've had heaps of time off, mate. You've been off for six weeks. What's the deal? Keep it going, keep it coming. <laughs> All right. Sue? Being with family. Excellent. We're going to keep going around the line here. Mike? Food. Food. <laughs> Naomi? Time to relax. Uh, Jen? Yep, time with family. Beautiful. Marie? Beautiful. Adam. Oh. Dylan. <laughs> Maybe I might need new eyesight, new glasses. Dylan. Get togethers. Get togethers. Good things, aren't they? What are we looking forward to this Christmas? Uh, Do you notice no one said friends? I mean, no one said friends. No one said uh, Christmas presents. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, very interesting. Uh, what we're going to be doing today is we're actually going to be looking at a guy who's in his 80s and uh, right back at the very first Christmas, I'm going to look about what he was looking forward to and see how that relates to what we should be looking forward to. I'm not saying that it's not great to look forward to what you've just said, but to have a think about what he was looking forward to and see how that relates to you and I. And so we're going to do that. We're going to have a look at uh, the Bible. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2, and we're looking at a guy called Simeon. Simeon's in his 80s. Uh, he's a godly old fella, and he's been waiting around for ages for one thing to happen. So if you could open up your Bibles and have a look on the inside, and uh, if you've got that, or we'll go on the screen. Luke's in the New Testament, it's one of the Gospels, and Luke actually gives probably one of the more prolonged uh, examples or stories, I suppose, about what happened to Jesus' birth. So it, it tells more of it than other parts of the Bible and other, other Gospels. And so Luke in chapter 2, we see at verse 21, we're going to read from there through to verse 35. Have a look out for this guy called Simeon and what he was looking forward to this Christmas. Or for his Christmas, anyway. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was a righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, when the parents brought the child in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, "Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, and as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, 
for light of revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marvelled what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon, looking out for something really special. Uh, I don't know where you've been watching the news, but the, probably the two biggest news events, uh, maybe the three biggest news events this week, uh, the first one was Ricky Ponting retiring. That was huge, wasn't it? That was really big. For a Tasmanian like me, he came from just up the road. He's my next-door neighbour's cousin. No, not really. Um, but uh, not far away, a Tasmanian captain, and uh, he's retiring. That was big news, wasn't it? Uh, the second big news for this week was Will and Kate are going to have a baby. That's amazing, isn't it? I woke up Tuesday morning, turned on the TV, and it's just plastered with everything about Will and Kate having a baby. Kate was in hospital with extreme morning sickness, uh, not going too well, and uh, Will had gone in, he spent some time in there, and he thought he can't cover this up anymore, so I'm going to put it out there, and he told the world that they're going to have a baby. And the press went crazy, didn't they? Uh, they even said that they were prophesying, I think it was going to be twins. Uh, there was a whole lot of betting going on whether it was going to be twins because this particular type of morning sickness is more likely to be twins than not twins and all this stuff going on. And uh, then there was a whole thing about uh, what names they're going to have. And so like everything in the world these days, uh, it goes on uh, the World Wide Web to be bet on. So there are odds on all the different names. Do you know what some of those were? If it was a boy, John, Charles or George. They were the three top ones. Uh, if it was a girl, it was Mary, Victoria or Diana. And Diana was getting really large bids uh, to be somewhere in the name at all. Uh, the names that were least likely to be given to the baby were Kevin, Wayne, Sharon, Chardonnay and Peaches. So they weren't going to get up there. They were not going to get there. And then just recently we've had the real tragedy, haven't we, of the, the nurse that was there and who's committed suicide, uh, which was very sad. Uh, but in one sense, I think still the whole Will and Kate baby thing has been the big thing for the week, hasn't it? Uh, this new could be possibly king or queen uh, is going to come into the world and everyone's looking forward to this new baby. Uh, the British go crazy over it and I think everyone else gets really excited as well and the tabloids love it. Looking forward to this baby and what this baby will do. Well, Simeon was looking forward to a baby as well, uh, but his baby was going to be even more special than this baby. The baby that uh, Will and Kate are going to have possibly could be the king or queen of the Commonwealth. But the baby that uh, Simeon is looking forward to is the baby that's going to be king over the whole of the universe. Have a look at what he says in verse 26, uh, 25 to 26, if you've got your Bibles open. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Uh, Simeon was a guy who was a devout Jew. He, he loved God. Uh, he'd read the scriptures, he knew the Old Testament well and he knew that somewhere down the track God was going to step into the world and bring 
the King of Kings. That's what the Christ means. Uh, the King of Kings, the one that's going to rule over everything. Uh, the Christ means also Messiah, Saviour, the one that's going to save uh, his people. And this is what he was looking forward to. He's looking forward to this baby. And he gets to see this baby in Jesus. And this baby is going to cause an amazing impact on the world. I read recently in Time magazine they did an article on who are going to be the big movers uh, in the world in the future. This is a couple of years ago. And it was uh, talking about the sons and daughters of some of the really high-profile people in the world who are going to be the big movers and shakers in the future. Uh, one of them was um, uh, the, gran- the granddaughter of Estee Lauder. And her name is, we get it right, is Erin, A-E-R-I-N, I think that's how you spell it, Erin Lauder. She was going to be stepping out and she was going to be the big thing. Uh, James and Lachlan Murdoch, uh, they ought to be the next big thing. Well, they've done that and they've found themselves in court in Britain, but, uh, but they're the next big as well. And there are a number of others where they're looking at these children of some of the most popular people and uh, prominent people in the world stepping out and having an impact on the world. Well, none of them are going to have anywhere near the impact that Jesus has on the world. This baby that Simeon is about to pick up and hold changes the whole world. There has never been a figure in history that has changed the world more than Jesus. It's phenomenal. These others look like they could do some stuff and they might do some stuff, but Jesus is going to completely transform everything. He's going to change the works. Uh, because he's going to bring about something that none of these guys can do. Lachlan Murdoch, James, uh, they might be able to do some things, but they're not going to be able to do what Jesus does. Because look what Jesus does. Verse 29. Go from 28. Simeon says, uh, he took him in his arms, and hopefully he didn't cry like Lily did for me. Um, He took him in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. This child is going to bring about the salvation of the world. Not just do a couple of good business deals, but he's going to save the world. And you might be saying, well, save from what? What do I need saving from? How does that impact me? You might be thinking this Christmas time, maybe save me from all the busyness that I'm going on with. Maybe you're thinking of saving me from that great aunt who's going to kiss me this Christmas. Maybe you're thinking, save me from eating too much this Christmas. What do I need saving from? Well, at the risk of offending you, we all need saving. Even if we don't know it, we all need saving. I read a story recently uh, about Sherlock Holmes and Dr Watson. Uh, And they went camping and they went on a camping trip and they set up their tent and uh, they fell asleep that night. Partway through the night, uh, Sherlock Holmes wakes up and he taps Watson and he taps him and he says, wake up, wake up. And he says, Watson, look up into the sky and tell me what you see. Well, Watson, he opens up, he wakes up, he looks up and he says, I see millions of stars. And uh, Holmes says to him, well, what does that tell you? Well, Watson says, well, astrologically speaking, it tells me that there are millions of planets and galaxies far beyond my understanding. 
Astrologically speaking, it tells me that Saturn is in Leo. Uh, Time-wise, it tells me that it's approximately a quarter past three. Uh, Theologically, it's evident that the Lord is over all and controls all and it's an amazing universe. Meteorologically, it tells me that today is going to be a fine day. Holmes is silent for a moment and then whacks him over the head. He says, you idiot, Watson. Someone has stolen our tent. You see, he thought he'd worked it all out, didn't he? Uh, he did all the th- he worked out all the scientific things. He worked all the rhetoric, had it all worked out, and he missed the simplest thing that the tent was missing. And I think sometimes we do the same thing: is that we get so caught up in everything that's going on around us that we don't realise that we all need saving because we all sin. Now that's a big word, isn't it? Well, it's actually a small word, but uh, it's got big meaning, doesn't it? We all sin. That we actually all have disobeyed God, that we actually all have gone about living our lives our way and not God's way. And I think often we forget that that tent is missing because we don't think that that's what sin is. We actually think that sin's the big things, you know, like committing adultery, murder, rape, those sorts of things. And we think, well, we don't do that. Uh, But you see, the Bible tells us that sin actually is saying to God that I want to run my life my way, not your way. I'm going to live it out this way. And I think most of us, when we get up in the morning, don't actually say, think too much about God. We think, okay, what have I got to get doing? I've got to do this, got this, got this. We think, got to get on with it. And then we think, we're not as bad as Joe Blow down the street, so we think we're all right. And then we think, well, I don't break all the Ten Commandments, I don't uh, steal, don't murder, I don't covet too often unless the boat down the road looks a lot better than mine. You know, we do that, don't we? But we forget that the very first commandment that God tells us to do is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. Now all the rest of them don't matter if you don't keep the first one. And none of us do that perfectly, do we? None of us love God with every part of us. And that works out in the way that we live our lives and so we do do stuff that's not right. And that's what the Bible calls sin and that's what causes us to be separated from God forever And that means that for eternity, if we stay in that situation, then we don't get life, but we actually get hell. And that's life without God forever. And we all need saving from that. We all need saving from that. And that's what Jesus does. That's what Simeon sees. When he looks at Jesus, he sees this little baby, and he doesn't just see this little baby, but what he sees in this baby, he knows that down the track this baby is going to bring about salvation. He doesn't know how that happens yet. Uh, he says, that you now can dismiss me in peace. He's basically saying, now you can pull the lifeline, God. I'm ready to go. He doesn't know how that works out, but we do. Because we find out that as time goes on, this little baby doesn't stay a baby. This little baby grows up, lives a perfect life, loves perfectly, goes to the cross, dies and rises again. And on the cross he says to us, it is finished. He says everything that needs to be done for you to be saved, for your salvation is here. I take it all on me. All that rejection of God that you've done, will do, have done, will do in the future is taken by me. And he rises from the dead and he shows that he conquers death by coming back to life. He says, if you follow me, then eternity is yours. It's all yours. He steps in for us when we should have taken it, but he takes it for us. 
He's our substitute. Uh, I read recently too, I don't know whether you know about this, but I reckon guys will love it if it happens to be in Australia. I haven't seen it yet. But in some places around the world at Christmas time, what some of the big department stores do is they provide a service. And this service is that when you rock up there, when the, the wife or the girlfriend rocks up to go shopping with the boyfriend or the husband, what happens is the shopping centre has provided a substitute boyfriend or husband. And so what happens is the husband gets shunted off and the shopping centre gives this new one, surrogate husband or boyfriend, to walk around the shop and do all the shopping. And they walk around with the wife or the girlfriend and they go and say just how good they look in that dress and no, your backside doesn't look big in that. It does all those wonderful things so that colour suits you, brings out your eyes. Oh, that perfume is wonderful. does all those sorts of things while the bloke is taken off to like a, a boyfriend-husband crash. And uh, there's a little room for them with video games, videos, magazines, you name it, it's all there. And they sit there, they can stay there for as long as they like and then when they come back, the wife comes out happy and the bloke comes out and thinks, woohoo, I didn't have to do the shopping. A substitute shopper. I'm looking forward to one of those one day. How good will that be? But they step in for you. They do the shopping for you, blokes. Well, Jesus steps in not just for blokes, but he steps in for girls as well. He steps in for all of us. In that place where we can't do anything about the fact that we keep doing wrong things, we can't save ourselves, only Jesus can do that for us. He steps in, takes that for us so that we can be friends with God forever, so that we can have peace with God forever. So we, like Simeon, at the end of our days, can say, dismiss us, Lord because we're at peace with you. Now, I'm not sure what you're looking forward to this Christmas. Uh, family, friends, I'm looking forward to that. We're going to Tasmania on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to have our whole family together with uh, my family and Corinna's family. We're going to have Christmas together. Really looking forward to that time. It's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, I don't think we're getting any presents because we can't afford it. They can't afford it. We can't afford it because we've got to fly down there. But we're going to be with family and friends and food uh, and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be wonderful. I'm really looking forward to that. But you know, what's even better than that is to know that in Jesus, I have peace with God forever. Can I encourage you this Christmas to maybe see that as what you're looking forward to? And when you look forward to it, and when you check out Jesus, then you will have peace with God forever. And that will be the best Christmas that you'll ever have. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, there's so much that goes on at this time of year. It's uh, pretty hectic. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but in the midst of that, Lord, and even in the midst of what's going around us, you can step into our lives and you can touch us with Jesus. In the craziness of 2,000 years ago, Lord, you stepped into history and you came and dwelt among us in Jesus. And Simeon saw... Jesus and praised you for his salvation. Lord, he didn't even see the cross. He didn't even know about the resurrection, but yet we do, Lord. Lord, may we be as excited as Simeon. May we uh, take Jesus into our arms like he did. May we accept him and let him run our lives, Lord, and to live for him. May we, Lord, look forward to him not only at Christmas time, but in all our lives, throughout our whole life, Lord. 
And may we, Lord, be able to say with Simeon that when it comes to time, Lord, that you can dismiss us in peace because we're at peace with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.